Hey listeners, Alex Walensky here. You're listening to Go, a podcast about travel, places, and adventure. Today we're going to break down the Trump administration's Cuba policy changes. You might have heard that Donald Trump has spoken about changing Obama's previous Cuba policies. Well, today he made an announcement, and that's what we're going to cover. Although previously Trump had said that he was canceling the policy altogether, this new stance is only a partial shift from Obama's. Travelers currently in Cuba, or those who purchased a ticket to Cuba before June 16th, are technically exempt from these new changes. The Treasury and Commerce Departments have 30 days to start writing in these new regulations based off of Trump's order. And they won't take effect until complete, which could be up to 90 days. One major change is how strict U.S. Customs will enforce the current 12 categories for legal travel to Cuba. Previously, in my experience and the experience of others, U.S. Customs didn't ask anyone for proof that they had legally adhered to one of these travel categories. They had kind of relied on an honor code. They expected travelers from the U.S. to kind of just adhere to these rules on their own without really checking. Of these 12 categories, only one is actually changing. This one is called the Educational Activities category, which will now require that you travel with a group instead of as an individual if you want to claim this reason. Travelers will also be subject to an audit by the Treasury Department for five years after coming back from Cuba. This is meant to dissuade travelers from financial transactions that are now going to be illegal. The Trump administration claims that these new restrictions are aimed at preventing money from going to the Cuban military. You might be wondering how travel to Cuba can benefit the military there. Well, here's how it works. In Cuba, there's this company called GAESA, which is an acronym that loosely means the Armed Forces Business Enterprise Group. GAESA is a conglomerate of businesses owned and operated by the Cuban military. They own nearly all of the hotels and resorts. They own the rental car companies, all the grocery stores, gas stations, and pretty much every restaurant in Old Havana. The CEO of Gaesa is General Luis Alberto Rodriguez. He's also the son-in-law of President Raul Castro. The company earns about 40-60% to 60 of Cuba's foreign exchange income. The Trump administration is trying to make it harder for Gaesa to profit off of American travelers. His new policy would ban most U.S. business transactions with this company and all the other ones that they own. The Treasury Department is expected to release a list of probably 100 or so companies that you're not allowed to do business with while you're there traveling. So things like buying a bottled water from them or eating at their restaurant or staying in one of those hotels, that would be illegal. But this shouldn't be that hard to avoid since most people staying in Cuba will stay at a Casa Particular, which we've mentioned in our previous episodes about Cuba. Renting a car in Cuba isn't really necessary either since transportation is relatively inexpensive there, like as far as taking a bus or a taxi. The good news is there's still going to be no limit to how many Cuban cigars you can bring back to the U.S. as long as it's valued under $10,000. So what's the takeaway here with this new Cuba announcement? Well. It looks like travel to Cuba is going to be a little harder for Americans. It doesn't look like these changes will take effect for another 90 days. So if you want to avoid the hassle, I would go right now. In other news, the TSA is testing new biometric fingerprint scanners. The international airports in Atlanta and Denver are going to be the first to receive these new scanners where they'll be tested. The plan is to use your fingerprint as both your boarding pass and your ID. 
The scanners will rely only on volunteers and available only to those enrolled in the TSA PreCheck program. This technology is expected to make traveling easier and quicker for passengers. So you won't have to worry about printing your boarding pass at home or trying to find it in your email. And maybe you'll be able to travel without an ID in the future. Las Vegas hotel rates are skyrocketing for the August 26th showdown between Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Conor McGregor. Less than 24 hours after the date for the fight was announced, hotel prices jumped over 60%. 40-year-old Mayweather will be coming out of retirement to fight the UFC fighter. Mayweather retired in 2015 with 49 wins and zero losses in his professional boxing career. McGregor has a 23-win and 3-loss record in the mixed martial arts sport. He has never fought in a professional boxing match. The U.S. State Department issued a travel warning for Ethiopia this week. With reports of civil unrest, the U.S. is warning travelers to steer clear of the East African nation. The Ethiopian government has recently been shutting down cell phone and internet access due to demonstrations against the government. If you do go, stay away from live demonstrations, enroll in the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, and have alternate communication plans. 1,400 British Airways cabin crew members have announced a two-week strike to start on July 1st. The union is striking over a pay dispute and travel concessions. There's already been 26 days of strikes since January of this year. A spokesperson for the airline said travelers would be unaffected by any planned strike. A huge landslide on California's Coastal Highway 1 last month continues to block access to Big Sur. Earlier in March, the Pfeiffer Canyon Bridge, also in Big Sur, along another section of Highway 1, was demolished. The road is expected to open in September, after the peak of travel season is over. In Yellowstone Park this week, a 21-year-old man suffered severe burns when he fell into a hot spring. The man was near the Lower Geyser Basin, just north of Old Faithful, when he fell. Park rangers stressed that visitors stay on the marked trails and boardwalks for their safety. Last year, a man from Oregon died after he fell into a boiling acidic hot spring in Yellowstone. His body was never recovered, so stay out of those hot springs. We'll have an article with links to all of these news stories on our site at gothepodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or your other podcasting apps. This is Go the Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Walensky. Thank you for listening.